0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Jazzy Jill's Jibe. Um, Welcome to my first episode of this dance history series. Today, we're really going to be looking at ritual dance from a historical perspective. So, yeah, getting right into things. um, Really, the origin of dance. Dance was first discovered in the Paleolithic Age through rock paintings in France, which date back to 2700 BC, which was a very, very long time ago. Um, now, of course, dance may have existed before this, um, but this is just whenever we discovered um, evidence of dance. And yeah, so ritual dance really has two um, main ways um, of operating. So, ritual dance is a way of communication, and ritual dance is also used as a ritual um, for religious and ceremonial purposes. But, yeah, ritual dances really first came to be through um, worshiping gods and to connect to their ancestors. These tribes and these groups of people really found um, a spiritual connection to these dances. Um, In a way, they also believe to have magical, healing, and spiritual powers. Um, Some even believe that they, um, like a spirit, would enter them and they would have the power of the spirit or a power of um, a certain deity. And would perform that way. Um, they would also use ritual dance for celebration and praise. Um, whenever a child is born, they would um, celebrate and dance, just like here in America. Like I think of um, like baby showers that we have for for new mothers. Um, this was kind of their way of celebrating that. And also for marriage, as well, was a big one whenever two people get married. And surprisingly, even death is a way that ritual dance was used um, to celebrate the person's life, um, which I think is a really beautiful thing. Um, And some ritual dances even lasted for hours or even days. So the movements were most likely um, very simple to pick up so that anyone from a young child to an elder could um, could participate in the dance. Um, and they also, especially in indigenous societies, are still performed today and passed down through generations. So I think it's really interesting how their culture and their history is being preserved um, through these ritual dances. Their their stories, their history, and their beliefs are all um, being preserved and taught to um, their future generations. And yeah, so movements and gestures, talking about the specifics of the ritual dance movements, Um, were a part of their everyday life. So like natural rhythms, such as breathing, walking, um, harvest, uh, the season changes, um, such as like spring, celebrating um, a new season and weather changes. Um, Also celebrating whenever it rains for their crops to grow. These are all ways that um, ritual dances were incorporated in their culture. And yeah, just like I said, dance and music really created a community and would continue to preserve their history. So yeah, now I kind of want to dive in to the two readings that we had this week. The first one that I would like to talk about. Is African dance divine motion, and this really started to um, started to dip our toes into um, more specifically what ritual dance is, why it was performed, and the reasoning um, that some cultures um, practice it today. But yeah, it's really another key takeaway that I learned from. This reading is that you really, in order to truly understand um, another society and to, to truly to truly learn another culture's dance, you have to immerse yourself in that society. You have to um, either travel to that location and live their life, or um, do extensive research um, for the movement to be authentic and for that to become a valuable um, takeaway and for it to be meaningful. But yeah, so really there's a lot of anthropology I feel that is involved in this. Um, Yeah, so diving in, um, here is a quote that I found that I really like. Um, The best way to understand and appreciate another culture is to study discover and experience its people and the role that the arts play in its society. So this is really um, ideal, I think, when starting to uncover um, what a culture is and what how they play in that society. But yeah, and also going back to the reasoning of the dance, the African understanding of body positioning and surrender is linked with a divine essence through the ancestors. Many traditional African societies believe that when they dance or um, pose, they are standing in the image of their ancient divine fathers. And I find this really interesting because I feel like here in the West, like we don't, um, I feel like our culture has been lost but yet whenever we look at these societies like they are so connected to their ancestors they have all of this um movement and information that is embedded in them that they can share with others but yeah really rhythm and motion reside in a symbiotic relationship and i think that's something you can see whenever you watch videos of these ritual dances being performed. And um, even when it is not accompanied by musical instrumentation, um, as in many traditional forms, the body itself becomes the accompaniment. Um, Whenever I participated in the African-American Dance Company workshop at Indiana University, we had um, so many drummers there um, playing the drums for all of our classes. And I just remember feeling, feeling the drum, the drumming in my soul and feeling it in my body. Um, the rhythms really resonate in the body. And even whenever the drums are not there, you can, you have this sense, this internal, um, almost spiritual sense, um, Of the drums. And the drums have also been said to be the heartbeat of these African dance communities. And the music and the drums play just as an important role as the dancing does, um, which I find really fascinating. Another quote that I find very inspiring is that African dance is not just movement for movement's sake but the embodiment of poetry, history, community, and transformation. These dances hold so much meaning and power that um, it is an integral part of the tribe society. Um, And through these ritual dances, these mechanisms, dance, music, costumes, and masks are mnemonic devices that serve to preserve and transmit cultural values while simultaneously helping to expand traditional notions of art. Um, And also at the root of traditional African art is the joint importance of art and morality. Um, I just find it fascinating how um, these diverse cultures and languages Um, can communicate so much through their dances. Um, So yeah, moving on to our second reading, which is Performing Trauma. Um, This reading really opened my eyes to um, the more specific kinds of ritual dances that are used. And in the context of slavery, Um, and there are different ways of coping, um, with these traumatic events such as slavery that has happened in the not so distant past. And some of the ways of coping is through dance. Um, I read specifically that one is a dance that mimics that of kidnapping, that, The dancers will jump on children in the audience um, to scare them and to warn them in a way to teach them, you know, for them to be careful, for for them not to get kidnapped. And that's just one example of how they use dance as a tool, as a learning mechanism in order to create these uh, narratives yeah, these um these festivals are marked by dance and music, um songs, recitation, and chants um, are really vital to inducing spiritual emotion um when it comes to worshiping their gods, worshiping um, their ancestors, and also while also teaching them about their history. Um, And yes, while dancing and singing, the performers, which are, um, you know, used to be slaves, invoke their Bantu ancestral slave names, homes, and their memories of life as fugitives. And I think it's really neat how they recall these um, sometimes painful memories and bring them in a way to to deal with this in a way that the community can support one another. Um, and yeah, there's, there's many acts of violence associated with slavery that destroyed um, many tribes such as the Yoruba Baland. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Um, but yeah, starting with the collapse of the powerful kingdom of Oyo, in the 1820s. And yeah, most, most of slavery in this area continued into the 1900s. Um, but yeah, it was very devastating um, by the slave raiders. Um, but yeah, one of the benefits of studying the underlining meanings of these um, ritual dances and music is that it takes us beyond the Atlantic slave trade to the issue of indigenous and ancient slaving practices. Um, and it just really um, shows you um, what they valued, what, um, what pain they were suffering. And so yeah, there's many um, songs throughout this reading. Um, and one that really struck me um, that highlights um, the noble politicians and slaves is um, this one. And I will say a few of the lines, um, son of a mighty ruler who buys slaves for his children. Your mother owns oil. Your mother owns OU. Your father owns Eid. And it just, I don't know, it's just so saddening and eye-opening that, you um, Slaves were bought and sold, and they really had no control over the matter. So in conclusion, memories of slavery are entrenched in local cultural practices and remembered in music, song, dance, and ritual enchantments. Thank you for listening to my first podcast on these dance history topics. I will include um, my citations in the comments. And thank you for listening. I hope to see you next time. Thank you. Bye.